Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Jim, this is David, and I'm glad you kind of segue into what I wanted to ask you both here about the media's responsibility and role when it comes to sports. I understand that so much of what you are doing is dictated from your producers or dictated from management, et cetera. I asked a reporter here in Baltimore specifically a question about, can he really speak his own mind and speak truth to a situation? And he said, Dave, I can and I can't. And so regarding- What does that mean? That's exactly what I was trying to understand. So regarding guys like Dan, he's up here speaking- he may not see the grass at the time. Maybe he doesn't have the training you guys do. Of course, he came from the NFL uh, to be able to stop himself and say, you know, I- I've got a responsibility to say something right here, but he didn't do it. And so how much of the media has to be able to say, can I stop? Can I say the right thing? Or will I get reprimanded when I go back to the studio? Um, and so this is what I wanted to start asking you guys is what is the responsibility you have personally for let's say every Jamil Hill, there might be somebody else willing to take that spot if they don't rock the boat. And, and so that's where I'm curious as to we talking about our conversation going forward is what role can you really have? What responsibility level can you really take on as a journalist, as a reporter versus wondering if your bosses or the powers that be might say, you know, you got to shut that down. That's not going to work. And so it's, it, I'm curious about what you guys' thoughts on it because what we're going to talk about, what I want to ask you guys eventually are things like Colin Kaepernick. I think, Steve, you broke that report when he decided to take a knee in protest. Um, we talk about Naomi, Naomi Osaka when she decided to withdraw for the French Open. And we're talking about did the media have any type of role in that? Uh, although I personally blame the majors and their leadership because they've set it up that way. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys about the media's responsibility and how do you look at what role do you have? when it comes to these different, let's say, events in, in our society or with our sports or with our athletes? Um, well, I'll, I'll start. I'll say it's never the media's role to tell an untruth. I, I don't care who's putting pressure on you. So that's fundamental. Um, look, all of us in the media at times will look another way if there is a situation that, that demands that you can't speak about Look, here at the NFL Network, people know my position as it relates to telling the truth about um, the powers that be and and holding them as accountable as we hold players and coaches accountable. Um, And I was told that, look, we will always report the news, but there may be times that we don't opine on it. And I get that. But at no point has anyone ever said to me, we need you to, to play it this way for whatever reason, nor would I ever do that. So I don't know quite what that reporter was referring to that you spoke to. I just say, look, it's very fundamental. This isn't really complicated. 
you're a reporter, your job is to tell the truth and to be as accurate as you can um, and to make sure that any opinions you have are grounded in fact. Right. So, and not just to be up there gaslighting situations or people. So I, I don't, to me, it's an easy discussion and I'm kind of confused as to people who would, to media members who would knowingly go out and say something they know not to be true simply because someone above them in authority mm. wanted it presented that way. I, I just, I, I don't have words for that. Yeah, look, it's, it's, as Jim said, it's very simple. I mean, when you talk about our responsibility, our responsibility is to be fair, to be accurate, and especially as black journalists, to be good. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we can't, Jim and I can't be out here uh, just putting out information because we need to, to turn up volume. We need to aggregate and, and, and stuff like our stuff's got to be information that is on point, yeah. consistently on point consistently good and and we have got to carry ourselves professionally and when we're when we're not uh you know on the camera or or in society we've got to carry ourselves a certain way we don't have to but people like jim and i we choose to that's we were raised as you know first first off but we want to and and i'm speaking for jim here just because i know the man's character we want to have other people look at us and say, this is how we need to behave. And this is how we need to do our jobs. You know, we do them well. We have the trust of so many people who we, you know, call for information or whatever. Like, don't tell us stuff. People told us stuff on the podcast, but they're not telling other people. Sean Payton was an open book, right? Some people find him difficult. We're like... (laughs) Wasn't difficult with us that day, but I, but I think it's, it's part because Jim, Jim and I, the way we, we carry ourselves when it comes to responsibility, again, as journalists of color, we have, we have got to be good because there are not many of us. There are, you go to any press box, like during an NFL playoff game, let's say there's 150 people and there might be five or six people of color and there might be five or six women, one or two of whom might be women of color. Right. So, we're always, you know, being held to being good and being great so we don't get labeled as a malcontent or whatever. But more, most importantly, as Jim said it, if you're trying to be a good journalist, if you get into this profession, there's, there's basic principles you stand on. You know, you're taught those in Journalism 101. Mm-hmm. Again, fairness, accuracy, and to be consistently trustworthy with the information you know, that, that you're conveying. Yeah, we work for the NFL Network, but honestly, we work for our readers and we work for our viewers and work for our listeners because without them, we wouldn't exist. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, Steve. This is David. And and if I can ask uh, a little bit more um, about, let's say, Nomi Osaka's situation. And there's been a lot of discussion about what the role of media is with that whole environment. And maybe she phrased it differently or wrong, if you want to call it that, in terms of saying, I don't want to speak to the media. But I really think it's been more of the organizers of the four majors of tennis and how they've structured it. Um, but what could she have done and what could they do differently going forward? I, I, don't, I don't necessarily want it to be a situation where she's like Marshawn Lynch and just says Skittles or, or uh, because I'm here, I don't want to be fined. 
but at the same time, she, there are some mental health challenges that are there. Um, but I don't want it to be an attack on media per se. I'm not in your, your shoes, guys, to understand what that feels like. But I, I think that there were some that felt like um, it was a personal attack on them. Maybe it was. But there are other analysts out there that felt like she should have just done it anyways. I, I, I'm just curious from your perspective, um, how do you think, uh, not that you're going to be the majors and change their structure going forward, but how do you think that the media from your perspective should handle that? Her response, your response going forward, and are we going to see more of this with other sports? We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Live Love Thanks. Live Love Thanks helps purpose-driven women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs to permanently eliminate clutter and end stress and overwhelm so they can move forward in their careers, relationships, and health. Visit LiveLoveThanks.com for impactful coaching and program professional women's. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Well, we saw it again yesterday after the um, U.S. Women's Open, where Lexi Thompson, her agent, cut off uh, questions after three questions. So I think it's something now that we're going to run into. My feeling is, look, it's not a one-size-fits-all. And I think the great thing about what Naomi did is that she opened up a discussion that, that was long overdue. And the reality is, and I don't care if, if other media members get upset at me, we do have some people who are in there looking to um, sort of gaslight a situation or a player, um, looking for that moment that, that, that brings attention to them. And I'm not saying in any way that that's the majority because it's not. But I do think if you talk about Naomi's situation, going back to 2018, where she beat Serena and the crowd was booing because of an official's call in that match. And here you have this young girl who, in her biggest moment, um, has to deal with that and deal with it in a match in which she beat her idol. And she has said 
she has not recovered from that, that the depression and the anxiety is real. So I just don't believe there's a one size fits all. And I think you have to have that discussion about how it's going to be handled. I do think that professional athletes have a responsibility to deal with the media, the media are the conduit to the fans. Um, the media are the ones who, who help um, provide those salaries that these athletes get. So I do think there is a responsibility there, but it doesn't mean that we can't look at a situation and say, how can we do it better? Excuse me. And I think that that's what is beginning to take place and what needs to take place. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jim and Jim's done some fantastic work um, in the mental health space with, with athletes, uh, you know, some written pieces and some things that he's done. So he's really well versed on this. And I look, I think, as Jim said, you know, it's not a one size fits all. This was a personal thing for Naomi Osaka saying she did not want to do this. And her reasons were that she has been going through all of this and the anxiety that she feels in dealing with news conferences. I mean, remember Ricky Williams back in the day used to do news conferences with a helmet on because he felt very uncomfortable having these microphones put in his face. It's not always easy for people to deal with that. And so maybe there are ways to navigate around that in some way, shape or form. But, you know, and again, I'm speaking as a member of the media. You are obligated. You sign your contract. There are media obligations. And as Jim said, without us, you know, look, someone could see if a running back goes for 150 yards, okay? <clears throat> but if there's a greater story behind the motivation, and we tell that story a lot of times, that may lead to endorsement deals, whatever. You know, that's not our job. But these are things where that access can, can really help tell – what the player looks like underneath the helmet, you know, what, what he, what he feels like, or she feels like, you know, in, in these situations and how Roland Garros handled, I mean, they were really put in a tight box, but I do fear that more athletes, you know, and we start, we're starting to see some of it in the NFL because of COVID last year where everything was zoom, right? We were not in any type of personal contact with any of these athletes. And now we're hearing that we're not going to be allowed back in the locker rooms this year. Right. They may bring players out in a controlled environment news conference. But, you know, the, the access restrictions seem like they are steadily coming into play. And that's that's a difficult thing for a lot of times for, for us and the athletes to navigate, because there are athletes who may prefer a one on one conversation. You know, Jim and I know people who will speak to us individually who may not feel give the same type of answers in front of 20 people asking them questions you know or we get to ask questions in a certain way in private differently than you're going to ask them at a news conference so you know there's all kinds of things that that are brewing here but as Jim said Naomi Osaka did create a discussion among athletes especially young athletes that needs to be had Jim remember when we had Tom Rinaldi um, on the podcast and remember Naomi used to she she came out wearing masks with uh, different victims of police violence on these masks and I, he asked her a question. She flipped it on him. Well, what did you think about me wearing these masks? And mm. he was immediately put in like, whoa, how do I answer this? And he's like, no, I'm asking you the question. Oh, goodness. And so there was this, and he talked about how it was a really awkward, you know, I guess, few seconds of jousting as to, you know, how they were going to handle that. And, and so you could kind of see maybe some things she was going through there. And as journalists, you know, the, the balance, you know, that, that we have to walk because we don't know everybody's situation that we're dealing with. Yep. This is Danny, by the way. I, I, I love this, just to think about what you guys are saying from a different perspective, even from uh, her perspective and, and, and turning it back onto the interviewer. 
when I think about the field that you guys are in, and we're talking about this COVID situation post-pandemic, uh, how it may be more difficult to get access to the athletes to ask specific questions. You stated earlier, Steve, that sometimes certain athletes like to just be one-on-one. Uh, how are you guys going forward? How are you able to gather more insights from these athletes, more conversation with the, these athletes now that you're not always allowed in the building or sometimes you don't have the ability to grab these athletes all at once. How are you going to continue to produce these great contests? I mean, your, your podcast, Huddle and Flow and everything you guys have given us, great insight. Yeah, Sean Payton on this, all the stuff that you guys are doing. How, are you finding it more difficult to find the ability to access this information directly from the athletes or are you getting more creative in order to find the ability to get access to this today? Oh, it's more difficult. It, 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 it's more difficult. I mean, it's without a doubt because, okay, let's say I'm going out to the Rams to cover practice. Okay, pre-COVID, I could walk up to Jalen Ramsey's locker, right? I could go holler at Aaron Donald. Okay, but in these circumstances, they will pick a day. Okay, out of 53 players – you're going to get Aaron Donald maybe once every two weeks, maybe once a week, mm. but you're going to get him in an environment where there's 15 people on a zoom where you might not be able to ask a follow-up question, right? He may say something really compelling, but there's a little bit of gray area that you want to, you might not get that opportunity. And then someone else is asking a completely different question because they're writing a story or reporting on something with a completely different angle. And, and that nugget, that morsel of, of just like, whoa, this could be something bigger is gone. It's in the ether. Mm. Right. So it, it absolutely is different. So that's where you were hoping. And look, and this is where, you know, like growing up, growing up, you know, my colleague Jim and reading him a lot. See, like Jim is a master interviewer. Right. You you hear it on the podcast and when he hooks somebody, it keeps going and going. Right. And when he has to do that on a Zoom. He, he may not have that opportunity to follow that up yeah. and, and to keep that person on a hook and to walk them down the path that they're giving the piecemeal crumbs to. Yeah. Right. And so that's why with the podcast, you know, I, I love doing this with Jim because he, I mean, he gets these guys, man, and, and he gets them going. I'm like, man, Jim's putting on a clinic right here. And so that's the difficulty that, that we're having to do when it comes to great storytelling and great question asking. Because Jim asked, oh, seriously, now, Jim, I'm bragging on you, but you know, I mean, I see you smiling. No, wait, hold up. I'm laughing because Steve is great at this and what he does, too. He's putting this on me, but he's what great Jim? at what he does, too. So <laughs> I'm sitting here like this. He's saying me, 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 or, you know, in reference to me. And it's not me. It's him as well. So don't let him fool you. He's being no, honest. I mean, <laughs> Steve does a great job too, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to step back from, from the things we do, but I mean, here's the one thing that we're able to do, I think on the podcast and Jim and I talk about this and Thomas, we talk about is we elevate the subject, right? We're going to ask them questions to get them thinking about stuff. Oh, okay. So we're going there. Okay. Let's go there. And that's where the, the lack of access really, really hurts. And that's why I'm glad, you know, with this podcast, we had the opportunity to get people on because they're like, okay, now we can talk. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I love that. Sorry, Dan, I'm jumping real quick. You know, a lot of the current athletes will have their own YouTube channels, podcasts, where people just come on and just be real and just be themselves. And, 
you see Cam has his own show and, and you know, he, he'll have a cigar or he'll talk about what it's like being a vegan, keeping his body in shape. You have JJ Redick have his own little thing where you bring NBA players on. Uh, I, I think it's awesome where people can feel that they can be real as you stated. And, um, and that's one of the things that Dave and I both love about your podcast. You guys really vibe well off each other. You can kind of tell that you guys know each other really well inside and out where you can actually start a sentence, complete each other's sentences. I just want to say, I, I really appreciate all of that. Um, and I wonder, did you believe that your your background at an HBCU or something helped you um, as you guys got into this field of, of being um, in the media, being in journalism and, and all that? Did you feel like your time at HBCU interacting with each other, knowing each other, did that kind of help a little bit? I, I just kind of want to see what is it that, that helped you guys get to really have this great, great vibe that you, you have with each other when you're on your podcast? Because I feel like it works well. There's a lot of individuals who have podcast where there's a lot of stopping and going where it just doesn't flow right but you guys seem to have this flow it's true um i appreciate that it, it's not easy um because you don't want to step on each other's toes i'll say this i think first and foremost it starts from a foundation of respect you know mm -hmm. i respect steve i respect thomas and the other thing is a comfort level of knowing where they're coming from that mm -hmm. we're all we're all approaching this from the same perspective in terms of what we're trying to accomplish or what we hope to accomplish right. and how to go about it and doing it a certain way. So I think one, it's, it's respect. Um, and two, it's comfort. And, um, you know, the fact that we share some of the same backgrounds um, obviously helps. Um, and, you know, and the other word I'll use is this, is trust. I trust Steve. I trust Thomas. I don't trust a lot of people in the business. You know, it's, um, and, and it's not a rabbit hole I choose to go down now, but, um, you know, not everyone in this business has your best interest mm -hmm. at heart. So I think when you get around people that you trust and you feel that they have your best interest at heart, um, you're able to do things. And I'm just speaking personally from my standpoint. That's what I feel about this. I trust Steve. I trust Thomas. And I trust that we're, we're always striving for the same thing. Yeah, we really, I mean, as I say, you know, Jim and I, we, we try to elevate, you know, and Thomas, we try to elevate each other. We try to elevate our audience. You know, everything we do is all about enlighten, elevate, educate. Um, but I, I like that, you know, the part of the question that, you know, if you're going to an HBCU has helped us, you know, connect. Yes. Yes. I mean, in, in, in the journey, you know, again, growing up with almost in a completely white environment, going to an HBCU, it my awareness, my antennas are up now, right? There are things that I learned at HBCUs and just going to school with other people from different parts of the country and whatnot that allowed me when I transitioned into this, you know, besides getting a great education and, and knowing how to be, a, you know, the, getting the, the real principles of journalism, to be a better man, right? To be a better human being. And so that's helped, you know, and then Jim and I, we've known each other, God, Jim, for what, at least 20 some years, just along the way. Um, so, so that's, you know, that's really helped with a lot of the process. And, and I think that's, you know, but just, and look, with, like I said, there's not many black journalists doing what we're doing. So when we get around a Jarrett Bell, you know, from USA Today, um, you know, the late Therese Paler uh, from Yahoo in, in Kansas City Star, you know, there, there's a bond, Daryl Ledbetter, our guy from Howard who's in, in Atlanta, you know, and then Jim and, and Daryl, you know, and, and, and Jared, they're, they're Hall of Fame selectors, you know, so. There's a lot of things that, that we're all kind of 
you know, intertwined with and we share that really just help. There, there's just almost like this innate fusion of saying, okay, we, we really, we really feel each other on, on, on certain levels, which really help, as Jim said, the trust in the relationship. We'll be right back after this short break. We want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, Paul Jackowitz of pauljackowitz.com. For all your website design and management needs, visit Paul Jackowitz. That's Paul, J-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z.com. Thank you for checking out the DSB Leadership Speaking Podcast. If you are enjoying the program and are learning something along with us, please consider becoming a supporting member through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash twins talk it up. Also, consider leaving a five-star rating on Apple and comment on our other platforms, including YouTube. If you'd like to learn more and get more information, we would like you to become a guest on our future episode. Send us a message via our website at www.dsbleadershipgroup.com. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. I appreciate that. This is Dave. That so much of what makes Huddle and Flow and your relationship so successful isn't just the shared background of going to the best institution of learning in the country. Thank you. Preach it. <laughs> Scream it from the rooftop. <laughs> but it's also just that mutual respect for each other and what you guys are doing. Part of my job as a leader in my company, DSB Leadership Group, we focus so much on public speaking skills, storytelling skills, and part of being a reporter versus journalist is not just reporting what you see, the facts, but you're also looking for angles. And so you might have those outliers, or maybe it's more common in your industry, that are looking to stir the pot. They're looking for the edge to see if they can get that athlete stirred up. But then you have those journalists, those individual professionals that really love learning about the people they're interviewing. They want to find the angle to say, why are they the way they are? Why do they approach the game the way they do? Why are they such a factor in their community? That's storytelling. And that's what you guys are doing. That's what you do professionally. You're not just reporting the X's and O's. You're looking for why we as fans stay so involved, why we're so passionate, because we feel like we find ourselves in their life, in their story. Somehow, that's what you do. And so I want to give you guys a lot of kudos and props for that, because that, that is rare. And it takes an incredible talent, not just an education or a spot you've been given because you're in this company. It takes an incredible talent to put together the type of program and shows that you guys are doing. You guys are incredible storytellers. I want to share that with you. 
Appreciate that. Well, thanks a lot. And Jim will tell you this. Look, part of that journalism's changed. Mm. You know, we were coming up. It is give the facts and let the readers decide, right? Or, or let the viewers decide how they want to take it. Now it's really putting things in context. It is really contextualizing things where you're not just telling the viewer, okay, this guy, you know, the bunt single he put down, you know, with two outs led to this. It's just like, here was the thinking behind it. And they've been setting up this type of play because they know the first baseman was tipping some, you know, there, there's a lot more context and nuance to everything we do. I mean, and Jim, Jim, look, there, there've been journalists who have not been able to adapt and they're dinosaurs. So they're out. Right. I mean, that's why even if we can't write a certain thing with a certain content, we can go on a podcast or we can do a digital hit to further enhance it. You know, look, a lot of the TV hits I do are 40 seconds. There is no way I'm going to put context in 40 seconds. You know, it's hard. So then we do a two minute digital hit, which really rounds things out. And that's where journalism has really, really changed because of social media, because Long form journalism is now archaic, which is a damn shame in terms of too many companies don't want to have a brilliant piece because they think people only have a 24 second shot clock attention span. So they want short six paragraph stuff. So, you know, that's where things have have really changed in the industry. So what about, oh, go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. You were going to say something. For me, the thing in the industry that's really changed is, is, is how the bottom line now drives everything. Yep. You know, I think back to when I came into journalism, when I graduated from Howard in 86, you had a lot of family owned newspapers and the profit margin wasn't, wasn't the end all and be all. Well, now you have hedge funds buying newspapers and everything is being stripped down to say, how can we maximize our revenue, our profit margin, those sorts of things. And I do think journalism has been hurt by that. Even when you look at it, it, it it's just, I don't remember growing up and hearing about a left media and a right media, you know? And now that's all, that's all you have for the most part is, is media groups being characterized that way. And some buy into it because it's lucrative and it pays off and, 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 that hurts. You know, I, I look at journalism today and honestly, there's a part of me that says I don't recognize it from when I came into the game. I really don't. Um, because there are things that, that people do that when we came into the game never could have been done, whether it's taking money from teams or taking money from athletes or, um, you know, the time that you spend with people away from a facility there are just so many different things. Um, I will say this, you know, I, I heard Steve talk about fairness and, and accuracy and those sorts of things. I always get this from people who talk about objectivity. And I want, want to make this clear from my standpoint, whether people agree with me or not. There is no such thing as objectivity. Um, look, we all bring our life experiences to whatever the story is that we're covering. And that's going to impact and color how we write a story and how we report a story. The way that Steve saw what Colin Kaepernick did and the way that he reported it was different, I believe, than how a white reporter would have reported that had he seen it first and had he reported on it first. So his life experiences played a role into how he reported that story. And I think that um, that's the way to many respects, journalism is today. And I don't think that's bad. Again, I don't think there is such a thing as objectivity. 
but I do believe that's where the fairness and the accuracy and those things come into play. And I also believe that it is important coming full circle here to the diversity issue that you have people with different life experiences in management positions who can say, wait a minute, I see what Steve is talking about. I know what he is talking about. And therefore, um, we are gonna, we are gonna uh, present it this way as opposed to someone who may not have had those life experiences and says, I don't get it, it doesn't make sense. And uh, you know, one quick, for instance, I, you know, when you read people talk about uh, mainstream shows as if everyone has, has seen them, whether it be a Friends or The Office or something like that, and it's okay to put that into your copy and to put that into the narrative. But let one of us put a reference to Martin or a living single yeah. or one of those shows in our copy and we get a, I don't get it, you know, and therefore we need to take it out. So again, I'm going back to, this is why it's important to have different people with different life experiences um, in these decision-making positions so that you can be fully representative of your audience. This is Danny. I want to, I want to uh, state that for everyone in the audience today, listen, please go check out Huddle and Flow podcasts and please read up any material support, Steve and Jim. They have phenomenal insight in what they can provide for you. I, I want to ask as we're closing up, and I really want to thank you both today for your time to joining Dave and I on our uh, Twins Talking Up DSP Leadership Podcast. Uh, what other great future projects uh can you help our audience understand about what you guys are working on that's in the works um outside of just catching up on uh on finding out about you guys on spotify or anything about your podcast but what other future projects or, or, or things do you guys have in the works uh, that you might want to be able to share with our audience well quickly the podcast yeah <laughs> all the nfl podcasts were sold to iHeartRadio without our knowledge yeah. so um i guess iheart is you know should be getting the plug. There you go. <laughs> you haven't heard anything about it, so I, I don't know. Um, but but um, look, I mean, everything, you know, we're, that, that's a great point. Jim and I are kind of waiting to hear. <laughs> we're waiting to hear the direction. Of, this, is, this is kind of one of the points. There, there is no offseason in the NFL, but mm-hmm. as you prepare for an upcoming season, the direction where things are going, right? You always hear about digital, digital, digital which is great, but you still have to produce content, content, content. How's that going to be produced? The digital, the linear, the written word, those are all just vehicles on how to convey the message. So um, look, we're, we're hoping, you know, to get back, you know, to spread the messages that we spread and having the great interviews and telling the stories. But in terms of specifics, I, I think there's a lot of question mark bubbles just trying to figure out exactly what the next steps are, are going to be, but Jim and I will be there to deliver, um, you know, collaboratively and individually what needs to be delivered and to continue to, to bring the message and, and tell the stories that need to be told. Yeah, you know, um, COVID has changed so much that it, it's hard to figure out what the next step is because you still don't know what the rules of the game are, mm. right? Um, I always say that, tell me what the rules of the game are and then I can figure out how best to succeed. Mm. And at this point, we don't know what access is going to look like. Um, it, it's access is everything, you know, in our business. So all I can say to you is that from my standpoint is just to continue to try and bring people um, 
compelling stories and stories that maybe not everyone else is doing. You know, I think you get to a point in life where you get to a certain age and, and or there's an incident that, that stops you in your tracks and makes you think, or at least I'll speak for myself, made me think kind of like, what's your purpose now? You've been doing this for, like I say, since 86. So what's really your purpose in this business? What is the legacy you want to leave behind? And for me, it was it started with Steve's story about Colin and seeing how he was portrayed wrongly by so many people who couldn't look past the fact that he was kneeling during the anthem, let alone it was a former Green Beret who told him that it would be most respectful to kneel as opposed to sit. We tend to forget that. But um, I, I just felt this sense of responsibility to say, you know what, my purpose is to try and tell these story from a perspective that others aren't and to be real with that, no matter the consequences. And so I've tried to do that. Um, you know, for me, I'm going to start teaching in the fall and I look forward to that in terms of having an impact on, on the next generation of journalists and at least trying to give them some perspective maybe that they hadn't had. And, um, but to answer your question, I don't know. I don't think any of us knows where all this is going because the people involved who are making decisions don't know where this is all going. Right. And, and I'm, I'm eager to find out, trust me. Um, Steve will tell you, we've been home. The last time I got on a plane was, I believe February of 20, um, was it 2019? Uh, no, 2020, February of 2020 coming from the combine yeah. in Indianapolis. I haven't been on a plane since. I haven't gotten in front of a team since then, other than a virtual call. So, you know, I, I don't know what all this looks like. Um, but I just think one way or another, we have to find a way to keep bringing compelling content to our audience. Yep. You guys have a challenging task, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I want to say that on behalf of uh, David and myself on our Twins Talking About podcast, uh, we are both grateful to have uh, two excellent representatives in the industry today, two excellent journalists, Howard University graduates on our podcast today. And I want to say back in April, your early April podcast, you had one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time, Warren Moon on. Yeah. And this is what I talk about. You guys give the That's insights smart. that no one else does. Uh, he had talked about how um, he had to keep a fingernail file with him. Right. <laughs> it's been so, what is what is that? So you, you get these insights. Uh, how I mean, he threw one of the most probably the beautiful, the most beautiful, yeah, spirals and, and ever. Now you have some quarterbacks who just have a strong arm, but that ball comes out so wild, it just it's horrible. But then you got others when they throw the ball, it is like a Picasso in motion. And it's <laughs> beautiful. And you guys always have these insights that you provide. I want to just say on behalf of David and myself. We're grateful that you took some time out today, Steve yes. and Jim, to join us on the Twins yes. Talking Up podcast. We are grateful to have you guys on. Look forward to just following up on your future projects, following up yes. on your teaching that you'll be doing in the future. And, and just hopefully, I hope that uh, you guys will be able to get more access in the future, get on some planes. I know I miss traveling uh, <laughs> as well. Uh, in my field, we always travel to our clients and haven't been able to do that at all. And I'm all zoomed out. I'm going to be honest. I'm just zoomed right. out. But <laughs> we, we just want to thank you guys so very much for just coming on our podcast today, really talking about your background, 
uh, what it was like growing up, what it's like getting into the journalism field, going to an HBCU, uh, having your, your own podcast in the past and the huddle and flow, and then really to be able to see your interaction yeah. with each other. It almost reminds me of my identical twin brother and I, how we both just work well together. We both went to Howard as well, even though yeah. I was part of the better school at the School of Engineering. And he was on School of B. School of B. Uh, but School of C. School of C. School of C. Come on. Look at him. School of C. What? <laughs> they never came down the hill, Jim. We they didn't. Never, came down never the did. Hill. Never did. <laughs> uh, we, we want to thank you too, uh, so very much for joining our, our podcast today. And on behalf of all of our listeners, thank you so very much. And stay tuned. You guys have some great projects coming up. And we hope to report on that in the future episodes. Thank you very much, everybody. All right. Thank, thank you, you, guys. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Steve. And uh, I do hope that we can collaborate more in the future. You guys are wonderful. Uh, absolutely. I appreciate you having us, man. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.